Welcome to On Twos, a podcast where we break down incredible animated movies. This is not one of those. <laughs> Here, in season, <laughs> Here in season two, uh, we are breaking down Pixar movies specifically, and we have made our way onto the one and only Cars 3. I'm Lucas Acida, and sitting across from me, my partner in crime. Uh, Nathan Talon. Nate, how's it going? It's going well. I'm always excited to record these, and even though... I'm maybe not so juiced about this one. I'm still excited to talk to you about it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, no beating around the bush with this one. Uh, it's another Cars movie. We already know how Nate feels about the Cars universe in general. And honestly, I mean, what do you say, man? After Cars 2, you know, uh, Cars 3 has a little anticipation just because it's like, I cannot believe the tornado that was Cars 2. What the hell is Cars 3 going to be? Just with that alone. Uh, what was it like for you? What I mean, what's your exposure to this movie, I guess, before you saw it? Look, people who have listened to these episodes already know how I feel about Cars. So, of course, I've never seen this movie before watching it right now. Uh, and before Luca came out, which just came out last year, this was the last one that I haven't seen. So that's kind of exciting in terms of anticipation, like to cross it off the list. Um, Overall, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of exactly what I thought it would be. Like, it's like, imagine my my enjoyment of cars, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Except nothing about it is special anymore. It's not a unique world. You already, the characters are doing the same things that you're kind of used to seeing. And uh, just the amount of step down that that would cause, that's exactly what this movie is. I think it's, I don't necessarily think this movie's bad. I just think it's kind of as middle of the pack as you can get. Like, I truly think it's better than The Good Dinosaur. Yep. Um, I think it's better than Cars 2. But Cars 2 did, like, it's right there above it for me. Like, it, this is nowhere near even middle-tier Pixar for me. I think it's in the same problems that I had with Good Dinosaur in terms of it being mediocre and just not, you know, I'm, and maybe that's just the Pixar standard that we're used to holding stuff up to. But, I mean, this movie's just, it's kind of boring. Totally. Like, I don't totally. know if I've ever you're been. totally It's right. like the Good Dinosaur. You're sitting here and you're like, how is this possible that I'm fucking bored right yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's what's so weird is it's like the only other Pixar, because I would say this about Cars 2, I was never bored during that movie. Dude, well, honestly, I put Cars 2 over Cars 3 just in the sense that I get a lot of enjoyment at how fucking crazy uh, yeah. that movie is. That movie's insane. But see, I'm not I'm not one of those people, in which is, this is completely okay, but it's like, I don't revel in like the shittiness in movies. Sure. Like I'm just kind of like, eh. But because well, I think Cars 2 is a complete mess and disaster, but it is more, I wouldn't say it's the better movie than Cars 3, but at least I'm kind. it's kind of like looking at a train wreck and you're just like, what is happening? I can't believe what this movie is. In Car that, yeah, I mean, in that way, it's just, at least just entertaining. Yeah. Like to me, there's no worse offense for a movie than being fucking boring, dude. Like, come on. I will say there's there's some standouts in this, of course. Like, well, the of course, well, the animation, it's like, we've got to get that out of the way first thing. This movie looks impeccable. We watched it on Nate's crispy-ass OLED. It looked great. Like, that. no one is, we're not talking shit about the animation at all, because guess what? Since Pixar started, they yeah, were cooking they were on cooking. these motherfuckers. Here's the thing. You go back and watch Toy Story, and the stuff that really aged poorly is the human stuff. Everything else, it's like, that's a completely watchable movie that I don't really have any qualms with. It's like, you see the humans, though, and you see where Pixar is coming yeah, with say, the humans, eh. and you go like, okay. Um, I mean, the animation's great. 
I think like the demolition derby scene is actually a lot of fun. Sure. Um, totally. I like when, here's the thing is we had this discussion too, after watching it where I feel like it definitely, and this is a terrible thing to say, but I definitely feel like it finds its footing in the third act. Totally. And I was actually on board and I was yep. like, kind of wish this was what the whole movie was, was about. Yeah, dude. Because I was, should, yeah. I was so disconnected from the first two acts that I really didn't care what was happening. Once again, Lightning McQueen's an asshole and not the same way that Woody is in Toy Story 1 where it's kind of like, oh, this is interesting because this is a you know, challenge to his worldview where it's like really what's happening to Lightning McQueen is he's just getting old. And he, you know, he is getting worse because that's just what happens. That's part he's, of life. Yeah, he's past and his he's prime. taking it out on these random people that he doesn't well, know. Well, it's not even like he's past his prime. It's just, you know, we're in a new era where there's new mm-hmm. technology, new, faster cars. And it's like, he's probably, you know, who's to say if he's any worse? It's just these cars are better, better than where he was which at. Which is how it will always be. And that's totally. the cycle of sports. And I find that angle pretty interesting, but just... I don't know, man. I guess maybe I just don't like Lightning McQueen as a character. Also super interesting that the side characters are like non-existent. non-existent. Like what the hell? Maybe because they felt a little bad because Mater is well, too. Well, Cars the too. They said full send on these guys. And then they said, okay, so you back, know what? We're going to go real. We're, you know what? We're going to play this one safe. And we're going to give everyone the, the classic, you know, comeback story. And it's like, let's just get rid of the side characters almost all together. Like it's uh, astonishing to me that they're barely. barely. Like maybe five minutes of screen time, and that's maybe, maybe, like because in word I'm talking like on screen talking time. Like sure you may, I don't know. Like I truly think like five minutes because you have the phone call, yep, and that's maybe two minutes of screen time, and that's like well, it's like a scene that they're in. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) you're right. I'm trying to think because it's like you get like Luigi a little bit. You get like they travel those with two, him. Those two are with him. His yeah. pit crew are the ones that are with him yeah, the yeah, most. Yeah. Which, I mean, those are the ones that I like the most. So maybe there's that. But you're right where they like dedicate. And that's what's interesting about this movie is they dedicate two thirds of the movie to be a comeback story. And then they kind of change it in the last act. And maybe that's supposed to be some sort of a twist. But instead, what the twist ends up doing is instead of being like a reveal, like, oh, that's what they were building towards. It's more like, oh, yeah, I figured that's where it might be going. I wish they were dedicated. That's how I felt watching it. It's like, I can't believe this right now. It definitely, you're totally right, though. It finds its footing in the second, just in the second half of it for me. Um, Why don't they? (laughs) No, this is just, I don't mean to disrespect the Cars franchise (laughs) any more than I already have. They just completely ignore that the second movie happened, huh? There maybe is like one or two jokes about traveling the world, but like we're talking like there was like assassination attempts on Lightning McQueen and company. Yeah, and they man. just don't even bring that up. What's that about? I'm just remembering scenes in cars. Dude, there's like snu- there's like little they make like a a gun that blows up cars when it's pointed at it. And that's yeah, just man. like there's no added security to these racing events. And I think that just boils down to I have no idea what the world of this is. And we talk about it. It's like, what happened in this one? There was a... The crabs. <laughs> there, Yeah, man. What's the deal with that? So there's crab. They say don't... What did they say? They say some line yeah, like... Yeah, don't, don't drive over the crabs. Yeah, because they're, they're on... The they're like training Rocky Three style on the beach. They say don't run over the crabs. And I'm like, wait, there's crabs? Because in Cars 1, they go tractor tipping in replacement of cows... 
So it's like, wait, we've Where seen cars that are in. And first off, wait, so are they? Why are they like dumber than all of the other cars? Like they're a they tractor. Don't have sentience. It's like, what's the deal with that? So like, okay, so there are animal-like cars. Well, we see the bugs in the first one. That's what I mean. So it's like, okay, so that. So how the hell is there just crabs? Like, there's real crabs. Well, maybe, maybe they are, they never show the crabs. So maybe they are some car crab contraptions. But I guess, what the hell but it's would like they be? don't call those tractors cows, though. They don't call it cow tipping. Oh man, I wish I remember. Did they? What did they say to the bugs? I have no Maybe idea. Maybe they just said, you know, watch out for the bugs or beware. Well, there's like the whole thing too where they're running. Like, isn't that a whole gag in the first movie when they get bugs in the windscreen and stuff and they got to like, are they just murdering other <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Where is the line being drawn? At least in the, yeah. the, all the other Pixar worlds. Sure, if you start poking holes, they start to fall apart. But at least there's some sort of you know, through line through these. It's like, I truly have no idea where the line is drawn. Well, you know, it's just, and listen, we're talking about an animated movie. So it's like, throw it out the door. It's like, I don't give, you know, who cares? But it's It's like Pixar pedigree. Well, that's the thing is it's like, you're watching it and it's like, okay, you know, I can follow for the most part. It's like, I'll go along with it. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, do I really give a shit? Not really, you know, but it's just funny when you start poking these holes but the thing that's almost unavoidable that in these movies we're talking about races, there's big-ass crashes where these people just get, like, tin can, and you're like, so is that their body? Well, or then- it's like, is that their skin? Like, they're, what? We, what? Were, we were talking about it during the actual movie when Lightning McQueen gets in his crash and then he gets, like, repaired and stuff. I was like, okay, pause. Did they, like, take off his skeleton, like... His, it would be his skin, yeah. I guess, and then just replace his skin. Well, dude, that's the thing. So it's like, so then what makes a car a car then, like in terms of a person? It's, it's the engine. Well, I was going to say, it's like, so if you put that engine in another car, like it's the same person? Or, I think so. Yeah. Man, so then people's life expectancy is, well, I guess, man, I don't I know mean, shit about that, cars. Well, so it's like, how long do engines last? Maybe that's the thing, you know, because we actually had, well, that's a weird thing in this movie too, where it's like Doc's mentor is still alive, which isn't uncommon, you know? I mean, but they don't frame it like Doc be, died mean, yeah. in a tragedy. Yep. They're just like, oh, Doc passed away. Like, he, you know, how someone would talk of like a grandparent that passed away of old age, you know? Well, man, you made a great point in the sense where it's like, so wait a second, so Doc is this big mentor for him, and wait a minute, he's just now going to this place? He's just now meeting these people? Like, Yeah, well, it's beca- it became like a whole plot point where he's... They go visit, like, Doc's hometown, which is, that's a completely different thing than it's, like, that's where he lives. Because I thought that he lives in Radiator Springs. But when they go there, he already has, he has a bunch of photos and stuff of him and Lightning McQueen winning all this stuff. So it's like, oh, he goes back, he goes to the hometown, you know, after these races at least to pin up these photos. Because they didn't make it sound like someone else was doing this in his office. It's like, no, he's setting all this stuff up. But then Lightning McQueen has, like, he has to retrace basically Doc's steps to find this place. How How is this such a blank spot? And, like, they basically spend a lot of this movie saying, like, him and Doc, mm-hmm. even though it was off screen, you know, you get a little bit towards the end of Cars 1. But it's like they've had this relationship throughout the years. And then it's, it's like, oh, maybe we got to go back to where it all started. And it's like he has to find this place and find his mentor. Just never... That never became a part of their conversations that were being had. 
I don't know. It just feels like the the Cars movies are so weird because it feels like half of the development is happening off screen, which is super weird for a Pixar movie. And I think it's just the Pixar pedigree. Because look, I'm not. I will never hold the bizarreness of the universe against the movie itself. I just think it's fun to think about this stuff because it's clearly like, and it's just funny because you can tell that when they create the world, they're just like, wouldn't it be fun if like cars were alive? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we have these little Easter eggs and stuff, but then they don't, (laughs) they don't think about the wide scope of what that would mean for the world as a whole, where it's like, Oh, this, okay. Like we already talked about it before, but it's like world war two happened in the cars universe because they make reference to these vets like in cars one there's like the here's these veteran you know planes and stuff like that because of the things that fly overhead at the race it's like what is going on in this universe i want to know more about that type of stuff and maybe that's why they tried cars too where you get more of the espionage angle but then they go back to basically i don't know man cars 3 is boring <laughs> it's t- you know i saw cars 3 at a drive-in and it was let me think. It was when Avery came to visit and we went to, yeah, we went to the drive-in to see Cars 3. And I think it was, man, if it was a double feature, I'm sick of it myself for not remember what the second movie was. Christine. Jesus, after watching Cars 3, total, I was really excited, man. Total snooze fest. Rough, man. Like, and I was like, I can't believe this because Cars 2 was so insane. I'm like, you know what? I don't even know what they're going to do with Cars 3, but let's go check it out. And it's like, oh, God, this is what we did. We did the the old man, Lightning McQueen. Oh, he's lost a step. Now he's got to go back to his roots. Oh, man, you know what? This movie's boomer as hell, man. That, I agree. It's like, dang, we're going to go anti, anti-technology. Boo. And he's like, no, I'm going to go and train. On. It was so Rocky Three. It was unbelievable, man. I'm sitting there watching. He's like, no, we got to go. We got to put our dirt, our yeah, tires yeah, in the dirt We got to put our tires in the Oh, man, you're not used to driving on the beach. Oh, you got to do this. Yeah, because like, why would I drive on the beach? <laughs> Why would I go 200 miles per hour on the beach? Like, it's like completely different skill sets that we're testing out here. I don't know. And here's the thing. In contrast to Finding Dory, which we just watched as well, I don't remember, like, any of the new characters introduced. But it's like, I will, like, the characters introduced in Finding Dory, I love the octopus. I love the beluga whale. I love the whale that is friends with Mm -hmm. Dory. It's like, I love those characters, and I would love to see more of them. I couldn't tell you. Like, it's like, I don't remember what type of car that Doc's uh, mentor is. It's like, I don't know any. It's like, if I never saw them again, I'd be, I don't know. If, I wouldn't dude, care Dude, if you all. showed me a picture of three of them, I'd be like, shit, which, what color? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't remember. It's like, I don't know, man. And here's the thing is, well, an interesting thing, and we typically touch on this as well. And this is still a lot of money. The box office for it was $383 million, but that's pretty low for a Pixar movie, to be honest with you. I think one of the only lower ones is The Good Dinosaur, mm. um, which is interesting because Cars seems to be like a cash cow franchise, but you know what is they probably made more than enough with the toys for this freaking thing. But I just, I just find, to me, as someone that kind of got disconnected from Pixar for a while and came back... Uh, not necessarily recently at this point. I mean, God, that's what's weird is time's been flowing way too fast for my liking. Um, but the Cars trilogy franchise, whatever, has always been an enigma to me. 
where it's like I truly I don't know like they really don't hit me as much as and maybe that's just because it's not my environment I'm not a car guy at all but like compared to even the like the smaller Pixar movies like it's like I like Brave I think at least equal the Cars one like Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at where it's like and these are ones that are considered lesser on the Pixar scale it's like I like like it's like I like Onward Monsters U way more than Cars One. It's like I don't know, man. I just feel like a weird disconnection from this franchise. And of course, I'll go see a Cars Four if it ever comes out, and fingers crossed that they'll do something interesting. Mm-hmm. But while Toy Story completely with each sequel proves that it needs, like it's like no, this is a story that deserved to be told. Mm-hmm. Whenever I watch a new Cars movie, I'm like, why can't we just leave Cars as it is? And honestly, what it brings back to is I feel like the toys and stuff, which is weird because Toy Story is literally a franchise about toys, and they probably sell a lot of toys as well. But how come they have so much more heart than the Cars trilogy? And I think if I had more time to like focus on it and figure it out a little bit more i could tell you but just from after watching that that was kind of one of my thoughts where it's like there's it's rare that a pixar movie gets a sequel let alone a third movie like maybe we'll see incredibles 3 in another five ten years it's like these movies have come out relatively quick compared to even toy story Mm -hmm. so it's like why do i feel almost nothing watching cars 3 when Mm -hmm. toy story 3 comes out and people are like Oh man, a Toy Story after ten years. What could this be? And then you're leaving the theater crying. And then Toy Story four comes out. You're like, man, Toy Story three really ended great. I don't. And then you're leaving the theater crying. It's like I don't know. Well, you know, it's weird. You think about you know the Toy Story movies. And first off, actually, even before I get the Toy Story stuff, I gotta know: Were you in a traumatic experience with a car? Is that it? Is that why we're anti? Or what's the deal? No, but maybe it is fascinating because I really don't like driving. But here's the thing. Oh, I like, it all makes sense, dude. I like, I love racing games. Okay. I love, like, Nick If this and was I, Midnight Club, it wouldn't be a problem. Well, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, here's the thing. I'm even open to, and this is, like, a completely departure for maybe the wrong reasons, but it's like, I'm always fascinated by the Fast and Furious franchise as well. But yeah, Nick and I were talking about out the door Nick and I were talking about hopping into Formula One because there's this show on Netflix and uh, it's like that stuff always interests me. Mm-hmm. I like the prospect of racing. I really like racing games. It's just like in terms of cars, like it's like I don't know my cars. It's mm-hmm. like if you show me some, it's like I maybe know. 15 models in my yeah. life and most of those are the ones that appeared in transformers yeah I'm like <laughs> i mean in that sense like i'm not a car guy either so you know i would be curious to talk with someone who actually is really into cars and see how they feel about it um obviously it's like this franchise is insane so it's not taken super literal but i'd just be curious to have that perspective regardless with toy story you know it's really interesting because each one of those sequels feels like such a warm hug man I mean, they're so good at introducing new characters, but at the same time, you know, those old characters, it really just, every time you see these these toys, man, it just brings you back where you're like, oh, that's why Toy Story 3 hits the way that it does, is because you love every single one of those characters, not just Woody, not just Buzz, if anything, Buzz kind of sucks dude compared to some of the side characters man and with cars what did they do with cars 3 they said oh the side characters what side characters let's give them new people that guess what i don't remember any of them man what that sucks dude well it's like it's like you're fighting against the thing that's working so like what the hell (laughs) well that's an interesting point that you bring up though about side characters because 
honestly, and this is kind of future spoilers a little bit, but we'll talk more about it in depth, is it's like that's kind of what happens in Toy Story 4, where the Toy Story Toy Story 4 and Cars 3 are very similar in a way where like it gives its main character like an epilogue because they feel like in the previous movie it was kind of like left where it's like, oh, well, we really didn't talk about Lady McQueen. And, of course, Toy Story 3 does a way better job of handling Woody, but that is kind of the end of Andy's story. Yeah. So then Toy Story 4, they take it and say, let's give the end of Woody's story. Um, That's and, true. But and they I put think the it's side characters to the back a little bit. Totally. And you get more focus on this Woody with a bunch of new people, which is kind of what happens in Cars 3. But Toy Story 4 still hits for some reason. Well, and I don't know. Yeah, you get introduced to these this you know Woody's story as epilogue with these new characters, but it's all attached to Bo Peep, who we haven't seen in forever. Mm -hmm. So it is still tied yeah. to those th you know that nostalgia of those first Toy Story movies. So you know, in a way where it's like with this Cars one, it's like, oh no, they're just not in it at all, like at all, and we're just not even going to pretend like the second movie happened. So it, honestly, just a total collapse. Total, like, honestly, it gives me similar vibes of uh, Star Wars, the newest ones. Yeah. In the sense where you have one, and then they say, two, let's go crazy. And then everyone's like, what? And then they say, okay, with the third one, we're going to go, uh, let's bring the first Bare dude back. And... Let's bring it back to its roots, uh, you know. And then it may be worse than the one that they yeah. went crazy. So yeah. it's like they're trying to fix the things with the sequel and then end up making it worse somehow. Like, to me, I, I definitely like Cars 2 more just because it's insane. Just, it is, like, it, it's funny watching it because you're like, I, I, I can't believe what I'm watching. Guess what? Cars 3, I'm sitting there, I'm like, how am I bored watching this, dude? Ah, it God. definitely felt like the longest Pixar movie. No even kidding, man. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, damn, we're 45 in. Shh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Can we talk a little bit about Lightning and Sally's relationship? What relationship? Exactly, man. That should what have been. That? Why don't you make the third movie about that? Make it about family. Make it like they want to. Like it's like he needs to get out of the game. And no, he then they say, Shit, "How are we going to explain how a family?" Works? I don't know. They already kind of like <laughs> skirt around it with these child cars and stuff that are fans. It's like, how does that work? Who knows? They say, well, Who yeah. Cares? So it's like, well, if. The engine, well, yeah, dude, I'm just totally, it's like, so does the engine also grow? Do you upgrade? What does that mean? Is it the same size engine, it's just like, in a smaller it's like like car the, body? It's like the hit movie that we'll have to do in season three, Robots. <laughs> do you remember that? Dude, I love I that love movie. I love that movie, too. That, honestly, we should start season three with that okay, for sure. Okay, that's fine. We'll lock I've, it in. Oh, man. It's I've, been a while since I watched it. I can't believe it. In the last four years, I've talked about Robots a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how that movie of all is the one that always gets brought up. I fucking love that I movie. I like that movie a lot, too. I saw it in theaters. I, I remember, I did not see it in theaters, but I remember renting it. And then over the weekend that we had it rented, I watched it like three times. Hmm. So it was one of those for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I feel like it's just so interesting because, I mean, and the people that have been listening to this as well, they hear us where... One of the highlights in each of these movies are the characters, and it's for a Pixar movie to, and we see what happens with the good dinosaur, where it's like, I literally do not care about these characters, man. And that's tough, because that's one thing that I usually can count on, and even, like, it's like, you see it keep happening, where it's like, onward, it's like, I really like those, at least the brothers a lot in that totally. movie. Turning red, it's like, I like the the group of friends there a lot. I think they're a lot of fun, so it's like, 
man, Pixar lead usually knows how to nail characters. And I feel like in a franchise, especially when you had three movies to develop them, not even just one movie, it's like, how is it in their first movie? I feel the most connected to them. And then in their third movie, when I've been with them for six hours at this point, I feel less. How did that happen? Honestly, it just pisses me off more thinking about how long we had to wait for Incredibles 2, man. You're going to give me two car sequels before I get Incredibles 2? Come on. Here's the thing. is one ESPN, thing, come on, one man. Thing, one thing that that proves, though, is that Pixar does care about story. Mm-hmm. So they'll at least wait. Like It's like they know that Brad Bird's, that's Brad Bird's baby, and they weren't going to make one without him yeah, being well, like, that, the idea. That should not even be you know an option at the table. And you know that was kicked around. Oh. Are you kidding? They're, if anything, they're probably knocking at his door like, come on. But here's the thing is he's buddies with all of the mm-hmm. original Pixar people, so they're probably not going to allow that. They all went to college together and stuff. Okay. So. Yeah, man, but. Hashtag Brad Bird, come on the pod. Please, man. How's it going? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what else can be said about this movie from my perspective. I'm interested. Like, you you at least like the Cars franchise a little bit more. I like, honestly, I like Cars 1. Like I'll and I don't know if anything your friendship with me has has gotten me to question it a little no, bit. No, no, just See, in I the sense yeah. where it's like, why do I like cars so much? You know, because it's like I have specific reasons why I love movies like Monsters Inc. or Inside Out. It's like to me, those two plots of those movies are like the most creative things I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like I love that, and I could talk about it for hours. And I don't know what it is with Cars One. I really like Cars 1, and it's like, do I love this? Like, if I was just ranking the side characters, they would be pretty low in terms of the other movies. If I ranked the story, it would be lower than a lot of these other movies. But altogether, it's like, I vibe with Cars 1 a lot. You know, I get down with Cheryl Crow on the on the mic. I get down with Life as a Highway. And it's like, I don't even like that song, but I like that that song's in that movie, and it oh, takes yeah. me back to that time. Maybe it's because it was my nephew's favorite, but at the time I hated it just because he watched the shit out of that, that movie, That was the dude. Finding Nemo effect It was me. the same yeah. thing, and it's like, so it's like Cars was just always there. Um, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is because it's like, I, I almost think of it like I like the first one, and then I, it's like Jaws. Well, maybe that's not true. Jaws 2 is decent, but it's not. Like, Jaws 1 is so much better than any of those yeah, other movies. I always forget. I'm like, oh, you like the sequels? Okay. Like, I literally, it's like, no, Jaws yeah, is yeah. Jaws, and that's it. Yeah. When I think of Cars, I think, oh, yeah, I like Cars 1. That's like a solid thumbs up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a B. Yeah, yeah. And But, like, I think you're totally right in the sense, of, like, I think about stuff like Onward, you know, think about Monsters U. Yeah, it would be. It's oh man. I actually, after a rewatch, I really like those movies. Mm. It would be right around there. Yeah, yeah. But in that in that tier, I would but, say. But it's what is fascinating about that is these monsters use the onwards stuff like that is usually considered and not necessarily bad movies, but it's definitely like oh, that's like average Pixar. While Cars is one of the flagship titles. Yeah, you know? what's the so deal, that's why man. it's fascinating to me. Where it's like I really don't view it that way, even though it is. Like, I, it doesn't matter it's if I It's not a question. Yeah. Like, it, it did what it was, meant, it was yeah. supposed to do. It sold those toys like nobody's business. I don't know, but I'm, that's why I'm excited, too. And, I like, I can't wait for it, honestly, because we're, we're approaching when we do the the end-of-season special where I don't know how long it will go. We just need to schedule out a block of time. I'll bring up Tear Maker, mm-hmm. and we'll just rattle off. Like, we'll just – we'll save till the end the Pixar tier list, but we got to do, like, villains, like – 
uh, side characters for sure, just to rank those main oh, characters. Dude, even they even fucked that up in this movie because you know, Michael Keaton's not in it. It's like they got yeah, somebody why, else what voicing there? him. What's the deal? After he why kills even it put as that Ken? character in there if he's not going to voice well, it? Yeah, because isn't that one of the main reasons yeah. why Doc? isn't in the movie is because the voice actor died or I something. I thought, I thought, I don't, I literally, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, this would be a good bit if they could, oh man. After what? he kills it as Ken, He's maybe, cr- maybe there's some scheduling stuff, but I mean, voice work, it's usually like, especially for that line, that's literally half a day for him. Like he just comes in, makes God knows how much money for just a day of recording and just knocks out his lines. I don't know what went on with that. But I feel like I don't know. He, he based on how he talks about it, he really enjoyed his time, especially as Ken. So I don't think there's bad blood or there, like at all. So yeah, that really struck me as weird. Where it's like it almost like I didn't want to believe it because I was like, no, that has to be him, like, right? I he was a good villain, man. Like yeah. I, well, just in the sense it's like, oh, like this, yeah, guy, this sucks, guy sucks, dude. dude. But yeah. it's great because it's like you need that person to make you kind of like Lightning McQueen. But it's like, dude, that's the thing. Is it's like that's the thing. Is these movies are about Lightning McQueen being a dick. All three of them, All he's a three, dick. Well, it's like by the end, oh, you know, you've learned whatever, and then the next movie starts, and you're like, how did we end up three steps backwards? It's like this guy's even worse than yeah, how he man. was in the last Maybe movie. Maybe that's why I just feel like less connected as the movies go on as well. It's because it's like you get like – it's like, okay. It's like the, I'm supposed to root for this motherfucker? The big development is that now he accepts the – radiator springs people and those are his friends that's really the only constant other than that he's always kind of cocky and you know he's like kind of the same racer except now he has a family instead of being alone that's all that changed well it's i I don't know to me it's kind of he's so in the first movie he's the rookie the young new cool car and it's just funny to me because alternate universe let's say he never goes to radiator springs let's say he never falls off it's like I would assume that by the time he's at this point in his career, he probably fully is full send with the technology and yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's because he went to Radiator Springs and he's, you know, with his partners and stuff and they, you know, they made him the man that he is. That he's like anti by the time we get. Well, dude, the second movie is so we're set in Europe and there's just so many tech things happening. That what man? Why didn't it? Why didn't it come up more in that movie? With yeah, it's know. like now all of a sudden he's just anti new technology. He's like, oh, this sucks. Uh. It's like especially when it's offered to him as well, and he's just like, nah, I can do it right now. And it's like that's it's like it radiates boomer energy, like we said. It's like that, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching for half the movie. I was like. God damn, dude. I don't want to watch a movie about this character. He's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like it's it's not fair to keep comparing it to it, but it's the only other Pixar franchise that has as long as the lineage as Cars, which is bizarre to say, first of all. But it's like with Toy Story, Woody is so much more of a developed character than Lightning McQueen. It's laughable because they go through similar things where the first Toy Story, it's like, sure, you have uh, Sid, but it's like, Woody's the villain in the first Toy Story movie. And then his journey makes sense throughout all those movies, and you feel like he's growing with each of them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this one, like I feel like I'm looking at the same Lightning McQueen, except now he has friends. Like I'm not joking. Like mm-hmm. it's so weird to me to watch. Like even in Monsters U, even though it's a prequel, you kind of see these characters, and they're slightly different than who they are in Monsters, Inc., and it's like you see how they grow into them. Totally. They don't grow at all. Here's the thing. Mater, for the little time that we have him, literally has not changed throughout the trilogy. He has not changed a single bit. 
Yeah, man, I don't, I don't get it. That's like basically saying if Buzz didn't change, when he goes through some of the most drastic change, where he basically becomes How, Woody well, in dude, the fourth it's like, movie. Well, yeah, I don't even know. You just got to think. It's like after Cars two, how is it possible for Mater to be the same person? <laughs> <laughs> you know because, what I mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's why it's so weird is I feel like there's such a disconnect from the rest of the Pixar movies when it comes to cars. Like it's like usually that's what they're that's what they're so good at. Is like these character arcs in these movies and of course the visuals always look great and here's the thing, I don't even remember any of the score in the cars movies. Like I don't freaking care about it. And that's usually a highlight for me too in these Pixar movies as someone that that's that's mainly the music that I listen to because of work usually, but it's mm-hmm. like I listen to a lot of scores and it's like if that doesn't really stand out to me at all where I have one track from you on my playlist, then it's like, okay, that's a little disheartening. So it's like I feel like maybe that's the one that they maybe that's some back end stuff hmm. where it's like because remember Disney kept pressuring pixar to make sequels to these movies mm. so maybe they're like we'll give you the cars franchise where whenever you request one we'll put it into production hmm. to like boost up sales or whatever like that was their guinea like that was their you know their sacrifice to allow it where we can wait 10 years for an incredible sequel it's 15 fu- well, years dude, it's right? funny how we got a that? we got a scheme to think of how this makes sense that this happened yeah i know and when in reality you know it's totally plausible that they just fumbled the bag hard and like we usually say on the this podcast as well it's like the animation's great like the i don't know i don't incredible. even know how you begin to like think about how to animate some of the stuff that they do in this movie so hats off to that we're just mainly talking about characters and we're talking about the story yeah. yeah we're not we're not talking about you know all, animation takes an army of people uh to in years it takes literally years, years to make these things. So by no means are we throwing shade at any of the animators because they're the only thing keeping this movie afloat, baby. Are you kidding me? Damn, this know. movie looks good. And it was built for the OLED. Yes, no, please. Well, the next movie's going to be crazy <sighs> on the OLED. Oh, my gosh. That's what I'm excited for. Dude, We're done soul? with Cars 3. Oh. I'm ready for the rest of them. We got bangers now. Oh, yeah. We, we've made it through the rough patch We're for sure. Set. We've driven through the storm. We get to see Luca for the first time. Unless Have you watched it yet? I have not. We get to watch that I haven't for watched the first Turning time. Red either. Oh, uh, we uh, we got a good run coming up, but um, yeah, man, I don't know what else to say. I did want to, if we're if if that's all we have to say about Cars Three, I did want to bring up something because we usually shift more towards just animation talk towards the back end. So if you have some any final thoughts to say about Cars Three, uh, I just want to say speed, speed. I am speed. Is that something that you say before every race? <laughs> <laughs> God well, damn, dude, dude, actually, now that I think about it, this movie starts with that same thing. But wait a second, because isn't it Mater who's in in the tr- in the back of we, the truck? That's with a them? whole another thing. And then I'm like, sitting there, I'm like, how the hell do you accident? Like, how do you sneak up on someone in a back of a semi like that as a car? Yeah, you're telling me you're not gonna know if Mater's sitting right there with you. If any, it's like if it was Sally, I could maybe be like, okay, she's she's slick with it. Well, yeah, Mater I'm like, is, is it a moped opposite. or something? He's already known to be rusty and makes a lot of noise. So how the hell did that happen? I feel like he's even breathing heavy, let alone you. Know, I don't know. It's just a funny gag off the first one, but it's like, man. How does that even like even a joke like that? You're like, ah, that. And what? usually the jokes in Pixar movies are pretty smart too. Totally. That's why it's so weird. That's why I think the stuff stands out a lot more in mm-hmm. these movies because it's like that stuff that you see in kids' movies and you don't bat an eye, you know. But it's like usually Pixar is like, 
at least one step above that where it's like, oh, that was a that was a cleverly crafted joke. Usually I'm laughing mm-hmm. or at least in my brain laughing every other line and half of the Pixar movies where I was like, man, these guys just know how to make just funny circumstances at least mm-hmm. where it's like, what a bizarre thing that all makes sense. All is character driven mm-hmm. where this, it just seems that they just say, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Oh yeah, that would be funny. And they just throw it in the movie and then they're just like, okay, cool. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Lightning. We're ready for you. Ding, 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 sucks, dude. He's, he's, I'm trying to think of protagonists in the Pixar universe that I hate more than Mighty McQueen. Good dinosaur guy, but that's not even a hate. I just have no feelings. Like, I don't, I don't like Lady McQueen. Uh, I don't know, man. Something about these Owen movies. Wilson come on the pod. Here's the thing: I think I Owen like Wilson Owen is Wilson. great. Like I for like what he's given, I think he's great. Totally, and I think his voice fits the character well. It's yep. just that it's like I don't know if usually the protagonists are pretty good in these movies too, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just now. I'm just thinking. It's like, man, The Incredibles is good. You know, hell yeah, man. Monsters Inc is great. Oh, Finding Nemo, incredible. What happened? What happened? <laughs> we went through, dude. We went through a decade of bangers for them to just end up here. You know. Here's the thing: we've we've watched a lot of these movies at this point. It's kind of weird looking back. It's like, man, Pixar does have a lot of movies when you consider how long it takes to make one of these two. Mm-hmm. It's like we've got we we watched through pretty much like at this point. Now we're getting into the. I guess if we were to do the eras similar to how Disney has those eras, I wonder how that would break down in terms of. So I think that like Coco would definitely be the start of a new era. I think I totally agree. Um, and then I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just excited. Like I have nothing but excitement for the next. What is it? Five, six movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm stoked. Especially like it really has been since the theater when I watched Toy Story four. So it's like I'm excited to dive back into that and see if maybe it hits me a little bit more than it did at the current time. No, that's not true. I was going to say, is that the f- only one that we've seen and th- we saw Onward together as well? Mm-hmm. Mm. And then that was the last one that was released in theaters. Wait, did we see Incredibles 2 together? No. I saw that with... Because uh, I was in Rockford when that came out, I think. Yeah, but it might have been like right before we were like hanging yeah, out, hanging yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. We may have known each other, but not like that. Because I saw that with Nick and my family, hmm. like in my mom and dad, which is rare because they yeah, rarely go that. out to the theater. Well, I had to have seen it with Avery, but... Maybe, Man, I don't maybe you saw it with... Her family. No. I saw... Ugh, you know what I saw with uh, with her family? What? We went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talk about soulless. <laughs> well, I don't know. I had fun. And, you know, I like Queen. What are you going to do? It's just one of those things where it's like you watch a biopic and you're like, yeah. But there's some great biopics. There are. It's like I way prefer Ray. I would, there's like a million of them where yeah. I was like, killer. And this one I was like, okay. Yeah. You know, Rami Malek, you know, good. Uh, and then it's like, honestly, walking out of the theater, I didn't even, I was like, yeah, cool, okay, mm-hmm. cool, I had a good time. And it's when we start nominating stuff that it's like, wait a second, wait, whoa. Whoa, wait what is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, guess what? Queen is opening the Oscars. It's like, what, what? is happening right now? I don't know. That movie, that movie rubbed me the wrong way as well, but fair. Man, who the hell did I see Incredibles 2? Man, I'm tweaking. I'm going to have to make a mobile shout-out. We're getting X's on the line. I'm going to say, who the hell? <laughs> what, when did we see Incredibles 2? I saw Coco 
with the one and only Tyler Walker. Really? And at the end of it, he was like, because we had a triple feature plan that day. Damn. A triple feature. So at it, the was theaters. this the second This was movie? the first movie. Coco oh, was the first movie. Damn, you started with it Coco? It ends. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then Tyler, because Tyler Walker has already seen it at that point. He looks over. He's like, you okay? Are you good now? I'm like, yeah. He yeah. said that to you? Yeah, I said, yeah. The I'm irony fine. in that. I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's go to the next one. We saw, and then we saw three billboards, and then uh-huh. we saw Lady Bird all in the same day. That was a great day at the movies for wow. sure. Wow. That's a full day. Probably one of the best. I don't I've think ever. I've ever done a three-peat at the theater. I think it was because I had the day off. I literally had no other plans. He was off, and then he's like, you want to watch? And I said, let me see what's there. And it was right around, like, Oscar time. Like, I haven't seen any of these. Let's knock them all out. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for the next batch. Like, I feel like Coco especially is, like, and it feels weird to say because we just got Inside Out as well. But I feel like, and even though I like Finding Dory a lot, Coco was really like a return back to like the Inside Out kind of stuff where it's like, here's an original idea that just knocks your socks off and gives you the Pixar stuff that you've been wanting along with just some of the most beautiful animation that you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, Coco just, I mean, we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. But uh, that one really, uh, that was a really special theater experience mm-hmm. for me. That's it's a it's a I great just one. felt, you know, in a lot of ways, my parents loved, loved those first Pixar movies like Finding Nemo and Cars to the point where they bought them. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't even have to ask. They just bought them. And, you know, with Coco, I find I took my niece to see it and I felt like I was in their shoes for the first time mm-hmm. where it's like I was I melted, dude. I melted in my seat. I was so in love with that movie. Well, that's why that's why it's always fascinating to me. And it's like if I ever do have children one day, it's like at least I know that. Hey. We got some lock-ins for animated movies to watch totally. easily. Well, as a parent, I'm like, oh, easily. I'm yeah, we're not watching yeah, we're not, any of these yeah. shitty. I know, I know what to show you. I it's know like, hey, if I put in the work so that you know. Yeah, what, here's what, the resume. Just show them all, every on twos episode. We got bangers here. Yeah, we'll watch yeah. these. Um, that but, would be a cool poster if we if we did like all the man. Interesting. Now I'm just starting to think of different merch. Oh yeah, we got we gotta get something. I, I wear that hoodie every like at least once a week. I, I love knew that. Thing. I was sick as hell. As it's soon comfy as I saw too. It, I was like, "It's comfy too." Great do color. I, do I do two? Well, that's the thing is, it's like the logo's white, so I'm like, I'm not gonna do white. I'm gonna do like off white. Mm-hmm. And oh. I feel like if you do, if you did like a like a lighter gray as well, like it is like some paper, like try to get it so that it looks closer to paper too. I think that would look cool. But who knows? The future is very interesting on the bat behind the scenes of on twos. We got some cool stuff planned for the. After this Pixar season, because this Pixar season has been taking a lot longer than we expected, but we're back on pace to close. I think I think we should be caught up by Lightyear. So then Lightyear, yeah, can I kind mean, of be I, the honestly, you're totally right. I mean, we we just took. I had my nephew in town, so we took a week off. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, I have no intention to to stop here. You know, I think that. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like we caught a second wind. Or if anything, in a lot of ways, I feel like we kind of figured out more, more the what type we wanted of to do. Yeah. Thing that because it's that's the thing is it's like, well, who necessarily is the audience we're speaking to? You know, at first it's like we're covering the whole movie, and it's like I feel like the people listening have probably already seen the movie. So mm-hmm. it's like, do we really need to go through every single minute? And that's why these things are like two and a half hours. It's like who's gonna listen to yeah. the whole thing to a movie they've already seen? So I love that it's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more of a conversational thing. You know, it's not as, um, I don't know, 
technical is probably not the right word. Well, but. some of the best content and podcasts, videos, all that stuff, they always say make what you want to listen to. And I feel like what I like doing is just sitting down and talking about these things, breaking down what we like, what we didn't like. Well, um, I feel like we would just get exhausted by the end of some of these episodes. Was, we put in a like, lot of work. Yeah, we still like, put in work here, but it's like we put in a lot. I mean, think about the conversations we're having now. It's like this is how this all whole thing started is because we'd be at work having these types yeah. of arguments or conversations about these movies. And it's like, you know what? We should record a podcast about it. And it's like we almost got so caught up. And, you know, the background, the technical aspects of going through the whole movie that by the time we get to the point where we t- talk about our thoughts of the movie, we're already we're spent. We're two hours. Deep, we're yeah. two hours in. We're like, all right, let's get out let's of here. Let's wrap it up. Here's yeah. the awards. Uh, boom. Yeah, we yeah, I definitely like where we're at and uh, I'm excited for what we have planned in the future. Um, but one of the things that I do like about this whole thing is that we are rewatching all of these Pixar movies because they do. I'm glad that we solidified that as the second season. That was always the plan to like make our way through these. Cause uh, I feel like it's a cool thing to have as like, I like the idea of having a full season that's uh, just dedicated to Pixar. And you know what? You'll know when we're desperate, when we do the uh, Disney animated studios, animation studios season Mm. where it's 50 episodes. (laughs) And we go through every single one from Snow White all the way to Zootopia or whatever the hell. What's the most recent one? Uh, Encanto. Yeah. Man, I haven't seen that yet. Everybody loves that movie. Here's the thing. People are upset. And this kind of will segue into what I kind of wanted to discuss with you a little bit. Um, People are upset because they, and honestly for good reason, where they feel like the animated feature Oscar is like basically a Disney award, whether that's Pixar or Disney animation. It seems like that's who wins most of the time. Um, and I definitely feel like they need to nominate more international features. We were looking at nomination lists mm-hmm. uh, the other day, um, and I saw it's like one of the years, it's like Boss Baby was nominated for animated feature. And it's like, sure, Boss Baby's whatever, but it's like you couldn't tell me you couldn't find something that came out in France or Japan that was better than Boss Baby because I can guarantee I could look up that year and find something that's like that should have been nominated instead. So it's like that's what's interesting to me. But to be honest, this year it's like I really like Mitchell's versus the Machines. I didn't see Luca. I did see Flea. The one thing is is that I really don't think maybe Flea should have won, but I never had my hopes up that it was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it was between Encanto and Mitchell's versus the Machines, and honestly – even though Mitchell's versus the Machines kind of had more of that Spider-Verse animation, I think I liked Encanto more. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, disappointed, but I can understand why, because it does feel like it's just passing a trophy back and forth between between Pixar and Disney. But the thing that was really interesting to me is, and it sparked a lot of debate online, and it's something that we talk about on the podcast a lot, but basically what they did, and I know you were at uh, rehearsal, so you, I don't know if you saw it, but it's like they brought out Lily James... Um, the person that's going to be playing Little Mermaid mm. and then the person that played Jasmine in the live action adaptations of the Disney animated movies. And basically their whole preface was like, and like Amy Schumer made a joke too about it's like animation is something that the adults endure when the kids just watch it over and over again. So let's just get this. This is award is for the kids or something like that. What? And it was like, what the hell? And then the animation short winner, which was pre-recorded and they just show a clip of, and they cut out part of his speech, by the way, when they played it back. Because people serious? were posting that on Twitter. Like, they cut out part of his speech. Like, people that were in the crowd during that stuff. And basically, he was like, no. 
And it was weird because it was before any of this stuff happened at the actual ceremony, but he gets up on stage and is basically what we're saying where he's like, animation is a medium. It's for every age. We do a lot of hard work on this thing. It's pure imagination. Basically saying, they cut him off. Well, they basically cut out his part portion of it. Like saying like, we're doing basically more work. Like it's like no discredit to live action stuff, but animation stuff's paid way less than these live action crews and stuff. And they was basically making F&A, a point man, about that. Hell yeah! And they cut that part out. And basically, are you fucking they just, kidding they me? They just let it left in the part where he's basically like saying, "This is for adults. This is for everyone that enjoys animation. We do this for you. We do this for the kids, but we also do it for you. This is a medium full of love and passion." And then that's basically all they showed, which is fine. But it was funny because literally just before that, they were shitting on animated movies, and even the Oscars as a whole just shit on a lot of the nominees and it's like what are we doing where this is supposed to be a place where we can celebrate this and they're like before they announce and it's like how awkward is it going to be when like when you win this award and it's like that's the moment of your life you spent five years working on this movie and they just said all right this is we this is the award that the adults endured all year watching these movies over and over again here are your nominees and it's like what the hell are we doing? What a slap in the face, and man. It's like, what the fuck? Animation movies, and it's like, look, we're both fans of live action as well, but it's like animation is pure creativity, man. This is like your imagination put on screen, and that's what this is supposed to be about, right? The Academy Awards is celebrating creativity in our field, and you're just going to shit on animated movies like that? This is the, and people are making good points. It's like, this is the stuff that saved the movie making industry during the pandemic. Cause guess what? They could still work from home on these movies. You had soul drop and that was finished during COVID and stuff like that. And they're over here like crapping on it. It's like these movies make boatloads of money for this industry that you're worried about failing every single day. And you're, I don't know. It like truly rubbed me the wrong way. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I get it why people hate the Oscars. Cause it's like, what are we doing? What a joke. Like I what a joke. Like honestly, like, I, I'm kind of glad I missed it because that shit would have me in the most sour mood possible. Yeah. Maybe we should focus on the Annie Awards then. That's the animation pure awards where it's like maybe that's where we need to talk about that it's, on the how podcast. How is it different? Like I don't understand. It's not a, it's not a genre. It's not. It's a medium. There's all different kinds of animated movies. Like I, I even hate that on Letterboxd it says And it. it's like on top of that, it's like there's all so many different kinds of animation. These things take so long to make. Imagine working on a movie for like five years and then you get up there to win an award and they're they're saying shit like that as you're supposed to give some sort of speech. What I do don't you, know, what? man. Well, it's like a lot of these, and it's like, like I said, we, you know, we excel, like our kind of, we're way more inclined to make a live action thing than an animated thing. As much as we would love to make an animated thing, we just have the skill set for live action. It's like sometimes these shoots, you know, they last a month and you go into pre-production and you can make a movie within a year. It's like, why are, is animation viewed as lesser to these projects when they at least should be equal? They're I, always viewed lesser and they take f- five times the length and are honestly most of the time way more creative in terms of visuals and things like that. So it's like, I don't know why they're always viewed as lesser and always have been. Well, I I don't know. I literally, it's like, I have no idea. And not only are they just looked at as being lesser because it's an animated movie, but they're always attached to kids too. And it's like, yeah, there's, there's a ton, like majority of animated movies are kids' movies. But But that's typically only in the West. Well, get this. So what? So something like The Goonies and E.T., 
those are kids' movies for families mm-hmm. of all ages. And we don't say shit about that. We say, wow, those movies movie. are incredible. Yeah. I love E.T. If, if I met someone who said they didn't like the Goonies, I might Will Smith smack them in the <laughs> face and be like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Keep the Goonies out of your mouth. No. Uh, what? People love those things. They love it. They eat it up. But because this movie's animated and it's for kids, guess what? None, a lot of these are not just for kids. If mm-hmm. anything, you missed a point if you think that that's a kid's movie. Yeah. It's just infuriating. Well, I think that one of the things that I do appreciate and like is that we are seeing an influx, at least in the West, of adult animation or at least animation aimed for older audiences, which I appreciate. But that's why I feel like a lot of people especially our generation as well, where we grew up on more and more like animated shows, cartoons as kids. It's like, we just kind of like that medium and the imaginative element that they have. So as we get older, we want to find more stories that are inclined to us. So what do you see it more popular than ever? What do we do? We look at anime. That is like animated shows made for more adult audiences, even though like half of them are still for teenagers. It's like, they're still dealing with darker themes. And guess what? Uh, just recently I read on like an article about um, the anime anime head at Netflix saying like 50% of Netflix accounts uh, like watch anime consistently on Netflix, which is a crazy number considering what happened like just a couple years ago, you'd be made fun of. And there is definitely some people that are like really attached to that for, you know, whatever reason it is. And they kind of you know, identify with that and shit on everything else that is an anime, which I don't think is right at all. But you're seeing like you get shows like Arcane, Invincible. Dude, it's like I, we're, we're, seeing, we're in a new era, man. That's what I think is going to be exciting. This new generation coming up, man. I'm telling you right now, there's a fucking wave coming, man. Yeah. Because guess what? I talked to my nephew. He's 16. He loves Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. He loves all these shows. Guess what? Nobody gives a fuck what's on cable right now. They, I, they literally, if I asked him, even even Pixar. Yeah. I love Pixar. He probably doesn't. He's like, I haven't seen Turning. What? No. Yeah. I'm what? But guess what? I watch Attack on Titan. He's asking me if I've seen Studio Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. This is growing in popularity mm-hmm. all over the place like a wildfire, man. And F and A, man, because we're coming. We're coming for that ass, it's, baby. I feel like that we're entering a new wave. And you know what's interesting is you can always trace it back to what generations kind of growing up and becoming these people making this stuff. It's like this is the generation that grew up with Batman, the animated series that grew up with Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, Mm -hmm. all that stuff that was on their TVs. And then it's like Avatar. People watched Avatar as kids. Guess what? Those are the people making shows now that want to make this type Mm -hmm. of stuff, make these movies. Look at, for example, Michael B. Jordan. He's directing Creed 3. One of the things, and who knows how it will turn out, but it's always interesting because it's like, guess what? He's uh, referencing as one of his main influences. He's like, one of the, you know, one of the things that I like to watch most is is anime. So you can expect some influence in this for sure. It's like we're entering this generation where it's like the people closer to our age that did grow up watching this stuff that appreciate this medium for what it is. You're going to see the influences all over. And I mean, I've been saying it since day one and we already talked about it on season one, but it's like. Look how long it took for us to get an animated Spider-Man movie. And guess what? It was made by fans of Spider-Man and fans of animation because Spider-Man is one of the most, like, without using the movie-making term, one of the most animated superheroes at all. He's moving around like crazy all the time in the comics and stuff like that. It's just a perfect fit. And it's like, I feel like the reason why that hasn't been made in a while, because it's like, well, the major money is in the live-action stuff. And it sucks because 
guess what? No Way Home made so much money. All the live action movies did make way more money than Into the Spider-Verse, which is a shame because uh, there is definitely an argument that Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie ever made and got the character more than any other one. So no, I mean, no arguments. For, I mean, I'm a Spider-Man too. I am as well, but I really... But I'm never going to argue with someone who says that that's the best Spider-Man movie. If anything, it gets the point better than any of them, yeah. that anybody can wear the mask, yeah. man. That's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's great. So it's like, I feel like, even though they are, they did shit on the movies, and it's, it's interesting because these are like, even though they are pretty close to our age, the stars that were up on stage, and I don't necessarily, they... You know, they're just reading what's on the prompter or whatever. So it's like, whatever. But yeah, man, it's just like, I can't believe like in even outside of animated movies, it's like half of the categories they just make fun of before they come up. It's like, come on. This is like well, a moment for people. S- you, I don't, it's just everything's so ass backwards. It's like, come on, guys, we're here to celebrate these movies. If there's an anim, like, is it that shock? Why don't you have an animated sequence present the award? Which is what they would they did in the past, and that's what happened on Twitter. Is it's like bring this back because totally. we don't need people totally. shitting on animated movies. There's a great thing where they had like they have like a bunch of the stars of the animated movies introduce their movie. So like there was one where it's like stop motion, Fantastic Mr. Fox in a director's chair, and he's like, oh what, we're filming this now, and he turns and he like basically introduces his movie, and they go back to do the mm-hmm. whole thing. Coraline did one where she did the thing. Oh, Woody and Buzz uh, would well, always. Well, I was gonna. It's like you could do so many funny things. Like imagine if you, <laughs> if ma- imagine if Mike and Sully were presenting the next animated movie awards, right? And you look, and it's Billy Crystal animated like as his human form mm-hmm. he's like oh whoops and then he goes off screen and, and he, he comes, comes back, back and his mic was Wazowski <laughs> that was you could do so many fun things yeah, dude. dude it's just uh, and of course we're of course we're talking Pixar but I just yeah I don't know I can't believe that how the hell did we make it this far and I you didn't bring that up that's insane because usually we save the the animated discourse till the end of the episode oh that literally lights a fire under my ass man that drives me fucking crazy and i feel like especially after like the past couple episodes especially when we've been talking about that and like what does it like i feel like that was a great discussion that we had about like what does an animated movie need to do to get nominated for best picture let alone win it it's like they ha- this has to be literally the greatest movie ever made of all time to even win like even have a thought of winning best picture because i wouldn't be surprised if it never if it didn't even get nominated like look at into the spider-verse that was like on the top of everyone's list during that year like which is crazy it's like this may be the best movie that didn't even get nominated for best picture and it's like yeah because why would you nominate a spider-man movie for and that they were pushing for No Way Home. Come on, man! That was the movie to be nominated as into the Spider Verse. I, I'm. It just makes me sick. It literally makes me sick thinking about it. It's like how, how is this not even at the table? Like, think about all the movies that get nominated for Best Picture. Think about it. I, and five oh, through ten. Oh, I think about it every five year. Five through ten. Never. You know, they're there representing. They have a seat at the table. They're not gonna. You know, it, whoever's gonna win is between like. The first yeah, five yeah. movies, if there's even ten nominees, yeah. some years there's not even that. Oh man, you're telling me one of these animated movies doesn't deserve to be there? I can tell you what movie will win Best Picture, which animated movie? Hmm. Brad Bird's next one. <laughs> <laughs> this animated epic that he's had in his brain for a while. They, the new, what is it? The, I forgot what it is. The new animation studio that just opened up. They're gonna. They gave him the check, the blank check to make it. So we'll see what it actually is. I'm excited. 
this man sings to I me just when hope he that, makes I just hope the animation stuff, because that could be make or break. Because you can definitely tell nowadays when it's like they're trying to imitate Pixar, but they're not quite Pixar level. And that always is. I mean, that's you, why I like what Sony has do done. Th- I, don't I don't know. know. I, don't I don't think know. he would. I don't think so. I would love to imagine if it's hand-drawn. Well, oh I just think God. like Iron Giant, you know, I, I don't know. I think about all kinds of different things. But it's things. like, look how... We, when was the last time we saw a hand-drawn animated movie released in the West? Well, guess what? I bet he's saying the exact same I fucking know, thing. I know, I know. But he, I mean, with Incredibles, he really likes the... Well, but man, if you get a... If Pixar asks you to do something, you're like, well, all right, yeah, let's yeah, full yeah. send that. But if somebody else does, he's like, well, I'm going to just do my own thing. <sighs> like, dude, like, honestly, Into the Spider-Verse is a big deal. Yeah. Like, that was such a big deal, and just in terms of animation. Uh, you know, the studios being like, oh, maybe, okay, maybe they're is something to to this you know it's funny that pixar kind of gets some shade thrown on it because it looks so real like imagine that mm-hmm. it's like you're getting dissed because your shit looks like a live action movie yeah that's incredible I so but, but i i just think in general after spider-verse it's more of a you know a popular idea we're seeing the hybrid for sure totally it's just we're gonna see all kinds of new stuff and you know what i we're having this conversation I'm, I'm, of course, Brad Bird and these people are having the exact same conversations yeah. where it's like, how, what can we do that's new? Mm-hmm. You know, Roger Deakins, talk, dude, have you heard his uh, podcast talking about Mm-mm. animated? Oh, man. That was just to the point where they're geeking out and they're like, dude, if there's any way I can help, it's like, are you serious? Well, look at, like, that's the thing is the movies that he's involved with look awesome animated, and that just proves Man, that it's the like... How to Train Your it, Dragon movies. If great. anything, that proves that it's like, no, the filmmaking skills can transfer over where it's like, yeah, those movies look great because guess what? He's the lighting consultant. He's basically setting up the lighting for these shots, and it's still, and it looks great. So that's not just like, there isn't less work or it's not more computer-generated stuff that's happening to make these movies. It's like, no, these are creative visions that just use the computer as their tool to make them, which is like, I feel like maybe that's why they're looked down on is it's like with live action, you're going out and you're shooting this stuff, but it's like most of their stuff's either on a desk drawing, which is okay. That's also insane that you're basically drawing a sequence of photos that make a whole movie. Are you kidding me? But like the computer generated aspect, I feel maybe takes away from some of the respect that it has, but I don't know, man, it's just so fascinating. And I feel like it's just so disheartening to like come to that, the thought which is just the natural way it would lead where it's like how good would an animated movie have to be to get the respect that some of these movies it's like you're telling me i don't even i i literally can't even process it like a real question because up is one of the three movies that was nominated for best picture and it's like that's not even remotely in the well, top it, it, Let's be real. It's for the the 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's for 10 minutes of that movie, man. It might as well have been nominated for Best Animated Short. Toy Story 3 was nominated as well, though, right? Totally. And so was Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just interesting. Mean, maybe yeah. I'm just having a slightly high thought, you know. But it's funny to me that it's like, okay, feature-length animated movies are out of the picture in terms of being taken seriously. But people don't have a problem when a live-action movie has a sequence in it that's animated. They're like, oh, this is fun. This is cool. Like, I don't know, something like Booksmart has that whole sequence where it's like they go, you know, uh, almost, what is it, stop motion? Yeah, it's like for sure like like, claymation. That's fine. But when we go any further than that, when it gets more, it's like, oh, okay, this is like 
lesser now. Yeah, look at the French Dispatch has that cool sequence. Yeah, Kill man. Bill well, has the cool like, sequence. So it's like, are, so does that, you know, water it down to these people? If anything, that should be more alluring where it's like, well, look at how creative and crazy that sequence was. Now imagine if they keep that energy for an hour and a half. That's what I mean. Well, it's like, I don't know. I think about something like, Think about the Wizard of Oz. Think about from the time that she falls asleep, if it was animated, once she's in the land of Oz, oh, that would be incredible. Basically, what is it? Enchanted does the reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's, I don't know. It's just funny because it's like, where's that line where people are like, oh, nope. It's this just is, This is animated now, so it's not, well, yeah, this sucks. It's like, what? Well, it's, it's always interesting, too, where I will talk to people and, you know, you know, varying levels of ages. Like, it's like, even when I talk to my parents, they just find it fascinating. Like, and of course I'm not, they're as middle-class America as they can get, you know? But it's like, I'll, I'll like talk and be like, oh, are you excited for this movie or this movie? And I'll bring up the Pixar ones. It's like, oh, you got, you still like the Pixar movies? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. They're great movies. And they just are fascinating by it that I like these movies still. It's like, and I mean, they're not really the movie buffs that, you know, a lot of my the people that I surround myself, but it's always fascinating because that seems to be a common thing with a lot of people that I talk to where it's like, Oh yeah, I do a podcast about animated movies. It's like, Oh, interesting. Why do you do like, why is that your thing? It's like, Oh, cause I think they're awesome. And I think they're like a creative powerhouse. Like each, every single one that I watch at least has something that I like about it. And that's why I find it so fascinating. So I wonder where that can be traced back for the public perception of being like, I don't know. Well, it's inter- not that it's the same by any means. I guess it's just in terms of me trying to relate, you know, I feel like I've had similar conversations with my parents about video games. Yeah. In the sense where it's like, yeah, as same. a kid, it's accepted. And you're like, yeah, and you get a little older. And it's like, oh, man, I took the day off because this game came out, Last of Us 2. And they're like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, hell yeah, what the hell? I grinded, baby. Mm-hmm. We brought it back, Code Red and everything. And they're like, Okay, and it's like, what? This is storytelling. If anything, it's interactive. Yeah. I want. I gotta get in there, baby. What yeah. the heck? You see Space Jam? It's the same <laughs> fucking thing, man. Get me in there. It's funny that you bring up video games because that was actually a point that people were talking about too. Where I agree, like especially like the older generation, when you talk to them about video games, a lot of them kind of scoff. But it's like, look at what's happened now. It's like some of the most popular games are rated M. So it's like, why did video games go this route where it's like, as a kid, it was the thing where it's like, oh, you play Mario, you play these kid games. Mm -hmm. And then now it became a thing where the medium kind of aged with the general audience while still making those games for younger kids as well. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, you get the Fortnites of the world that are for everyone, but it's like, you also get Last of Us and God of War that are rated M. It's like, why did that not happen with Western animation? Like, Mm -hmm. why is that so rare that we get a m-rated animated show or an m-rated animated movie it's like what happened there where that became the thing because you know video games it's like we're dealing with the same budget and right like i literally feel like the light bulb is flashing above my head it's just i mean that's the cool thing is uh when you get out of the bubble of being in the west you know you just explore so many different things like i just think about all the different films that i've seen from around the world and, you know, you're so right. I mean, that is that is the exact thing of why Attack on Titan was so influential to me. Just because it's like, oh, God. Like, first episode, you're like, oh, shit. They're not pulling any punches. These motherfuckers like, are getting eaten. This is kind of common in anime. <laughs> this, this dude's mom was eaten. What? Right in front of him. I'm like, this show is awesome. And it's like, what? Why do I have to go out of the country to even see something of like it was so 
unusual to see such violence in an animated movie mm-hmm. or a TV show. And it's like, why is this so new to me? Like, I literally feel like I'm rebelling yeah. watching this. And it's like, why is that the case? Yeah. Uh, it's Well, that's why it's laughable. like, I, I, truly, I truly am excited for the new wave because it's like, even though... It's like I really enjoyed Invincible, but it's like I can tell that this is a stepping stone to like. Invincible was awesome. But that's the thing is, it's like, why can't we? And I feel like, yeah, I mean, we're there, we're getting it. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I feel like part of the problem is too is that when you see adult animation in the West, it's something like Family Guy or, uh, not even The Simpsons, because The Simpsons is kind of more of a family thing. But it's like Family Guy, you get, um, and they're all kind of Seth MacFarlane things, where it's like American Dad. It's like you're getting these shows that are just ma- basically like the Looney Tunes, except with, you know, sex jokes and swearing. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe that warped some of the perception of adult animation where it's like, I'm glad that we're getting stuff like Arcane and it becomes one of the most popular things on Netflix where it's like, sure, it's not as adult as it can get. It still has some young adult stuff to it, but it's like we're dealing with mature themes. There's swearing, there's violence, and it's like a lot of the filmmaking is very, you know, more inclined to movies, but that's because the budget is insane on that. But I do feel like we're entering a new wave of this kind of adult uh, storytelling and animation, which I cannot be more excited for. You know, what's interesting to me is I think about it. And it's like, okay, so I grow, I, w- I watched a lot of horror movies growing up. So I was used to seeing violence, but never in animated stuff. So then I think, is that why, you know, for those uh, horrible middle school years, I was so into stuff like Happy Tree, or was it Happy, Happy Tree, Tree Friends? Friends? Yep. Yeah, just because it's like you got this extreme violence with mm-hmm. these fluffy animated characters, and I just thought that was just by itself just a cool thing where I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of a middle schooler, God, I would literally. Well, I mean that, but that you, but that's like, something to it too. It's, it's interesting where it's like I just didn't have any exposure, so that you get a little bit, and you're like, oh man, I watched the shit out of those. And it's like, man, looking back, that was fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's where the maturing in the West will come from, is because it's like right now the easiest way to get like an R rating and stuff for stuff is super violence or like make crude humor, swear a lot, and I feel like that's where it's gonna be hard to find the middle ground because what I actually want, cause it's like, sure, let's have violence in our, you know, R rated animated shows, but it's like, I'm more intrigued by, you know, adult themes. Like, it's like, I like that invincible has the mixture of both where it's like, no, it's dealing with some dark stuff for sure. But also here's this super violence where it's like, I like the new critical role show that came out. Cause it's like, I just like critical role. But the main reason why that's R rated is cause they're swearing a lot and they're making sex jokes and they're uh, just, you know, cutting people's heads off and stuff like that. Instead of like getting into like the gritty of something like arcane that it's like, no, we're dealing with some pretty crazy stuff. Attack on Titan where it's like, think about the themes in that show. It's like, that's adult. And to a lesser extent, that's why I think uh, avatar resonates so much. It is dealing with these more complex things while still appealing to kids by Mm -hmm. having, you know, kids being the protagonists and things like that. Sure. Um, so I'm just fascinated to see this evolution and I'm, I'm glad that we're doing this podcast cause we're going to kind of be able to chronicle it's a gonna, lot of this yeah, stuff. Was, you know what? It's going to be a cool thing 10 years from now when we look back on this episode even specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. and are like, oh, we'll have to start, man. we'll have to start branching out to do shows as well at some point I'm guessing. Cause oh, that would be, yeah. that'd be awesome. Um, we kind of already did with over the garden wall, but that's more of a mini series sort of thing, but. Even that man, like, look at that show. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's great, and barely Dude, anyone knows about inc- it. That's literally maybe my favorite 
thing that, that I've you seen the first from time. yeah from this podcast. Yeah, that was really really cool to me, man. I, I like I think I, I was genuinely sad that we didn't get a rewatch it because I thought Nick wanted to watch it. Yeah, right? yeah, during Halloween. That we'll, honestly, the two bag fumbles of the century at the lake house were that a we didn't watch Over the Garden Wall in the fall, and b we didn't watch the Harry Potter movies. That's tough. Ah, oh. that's tough. How do we do that, man? That's tough. we come so far only to pull a Cars three. But we, you know, we did a lot. We watched all that jazz, so it kind of all makes up. For well, that. dude, we watched AOT. We watched AOT. That's true. Tonight, hello. Yep. But you know, that's what, that's like. Look at these stories, and that's why I don't think I'll ever be. Like it's like I'll still go back. It's like I'm kind of fascinated with watching a lot of these. You know, uh, more acclaimed. I guess more child-friendly cartoons that I miss. Like I'm excited to go back and watch Gravity Falls because I heard great things about it. And of mm. course, it's not as adult-themed as some of the stuff that I'm craving. But it's like I watched a couple episodes and I really like it. I'm like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not going to scratch that adult itch. But it's like I'll never be ashamed to say that I like watching animated stuff. And I don't yeah, plan I'm on total. I mean, what? Uh, that's what this podcast is for—is exactly. to wave that flag, yep. man. It's just interesting, you know. You talk about adult themes, and I think, well, what do I like so much about? you know, I guess adult content versus normal stuff. And, you know, I don't need something to be ultra violent. You know, we talk about happy tree friends Mm -hmm. and, you know, other attack on Titan. It's like, I think the violence is cool, but that doesn't mean that I need that in order for, you know, it's like, oh, there's, there wasn't any violence in it. It was boring. Mm -hmm. It was like, that's not it. If anything, I just like real life, you know, and I feel like a lot of times in movies or in kids shows, you know, we hide the fact that people die. We hide the fact that people have sex. (gasps) Oh my gosh. These people had an affair. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, that's real life. It's like, I love, I, that's why I like adult content is it's like, that is real life. It's more reflective of the world around you. It's like, uh, you know, I love that stuff. And I mean, it's the difference between something like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. And I love them both. Like, Lord of the Rings is fucking awesome. And it's great, and anybody can watch it. Mm-hmm. I think Game of Thrones is awesome because guess what? She's sleeping <laughs> with him. He's fucking It's her. the drama He's of it. It's the him. drama of it. Guess what? They're all fighting to be on this throne, backstabbing each other. You know, it's insanely violent. It's like, yeah, man, that's what it would be it's like. It's reflective. It's just, it's the thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I just... I love seeing that stuff. Well, you know, and it's I, also I don't like, want any punches withheld. Exactly. Like, I feel like with, and, you know, for good reasons, too. When you're making content for kids, you, of course, don't want to expose them. You want to slowly build up totally. that kind of thing. So it's like they have to put these boxes, but it's like, I wish that there was more stuff where the boxes are way bigger. And that's why it's like I want more of that. And I'm not even saying, like, I don't even, like, there's barely any PG-13 animated movies. That's what's crazy to me, is it goes G, PG, and then every once in a while you get an R, and it's like, ooh, what's that movie? And usually it's kind of like, okay, it's a sausage party or something like that. It's like, what the fuck? I saw, uh, brutal, I saw a sausage party at the, literally maybe the coolest movie theater I've ever been to that's now closed. Damn. Shouts out to the Alamo in Kalamazoo. I saw that in theaters as well. Well, did, oh, that place was sick as hell. I don't. I didn't hate that movie, but it's whatever. Well, man, I've heard some crazy stuff about it, just in terms of them not paying animators yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard crazy. What stories the hell about is that well. all about? I'd like to get to the bottom of that because that rubs me the wrong but way. But here's the thing: times we'll, a thousand. What? We'll have to save that for later because I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't know when I'll have the strength to rewatch that one. 
when there's so many other movies that we could be watching and talking about on this podcast. I mean, I get that, but Jesus, we just watched story. Cars 3, man. If that, but it's, at because, that point, it's because we're doing a season on Pixar. I mean, I get it, but... If we're being selective and picking movies to talk about, then I would guarantee that I would have not picked Cars 3 to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and here we are. Maybe longer than a couple of the episodes we've released. But that's because we, we had a good discussion about the landscape that we're in and hopefully evolve from. But basically, F the Oscars, man. Maybe the guy at the Game Awards was right if you ever saw that clip. He said, fuck the Oscars. Really? This is the real Oscars game. Honestly, and my- guess what? The Game Awards celebrates games. They never shit on anyone when they go up on stage. They're like, we made these games this year. Let's celebrate the games. And it's like, that's basically all it is, is like, you know, they're playing new trailers for games coming out. It's basically a celebration of games. Why can't that be the Oscars? Play new trailers. That's how you get the money from people. It's like, say, hey, we have this built-in audience. We'll show your trailer during the commercial break. It's like, let's celebrate the What movies. a shocker. Wait, you're going to show new movie trailers? They're going to drop debut trailers yeah. at the awards for that, the biggest for the award movies? ceremony for movies. Oh, my gosh. That's such a revolutionary idea. I can't believe that it's become so boring to the fact that you can almost, not even almost, you can expect every single year that half the nominees for Best Picture are going to be made fun up on that stage. They're going to say that they're boring or they're slow or, oh, I fell asleep halfway. It's like... I've started Power of the Dog three times and I almost made it through it. And it's like, everyone's laughing. It's like, yeah, Power of the Dog is 45 minutes shorter than the half of the Marvel movies that just came out. <laughs> it's like, I just watched Eternals. Power of the Dog's shorter than that movie and more engrossing. So what does that say about Eternals, you know? So it's like, what are we doing up on the stage? What are we doing? And it's like Trevor Noah. It's like, I like Trevor Noah. Did you see his whole thing on the on his show? He's talking about how basically all the best picture movies, it's like, ah. Uh, and it's like, Sure, some of them this year I I wasn't really a fan of, but he's basically shitting on all of them. It's like, when did this happen where all the movies that are nominated are just boring as hell and they're dealing with this or this? It's like, come on, man. What are we doing? As a People are right where they're talking about, it's like, what happened to us where it's like just an uh, adult drama that's an hour 45 has been labeled as boring and that it's why does it exist? I can't believe it. There's not, like, literally that's such a scary word to me like if somebody called me boring i don't think you could say something more offensive to me like that that hurts my soul man do you know what's boring what cars three yeah yeah and that's why when i say that that holds a lot of fucking (laughs) weight man because it's like listen i like cars one i think cars two is so crazy it's like dang you want to watch cars two all right i mean i guess but if i say cars three is boring it's like man that's tough man I got three brain cells, and all of them were saying. That's tough. I, I rarely get bored during movies, too, and I was bored. And, it, like, I feel like, I don't know, it's so rare in a picture. My favorite thing is bored. when Max Park calls movies boring, because he'll look at something. He'll, he'll call the Shawshank Redemption boring. No, I love it. I know. You just name, insert any. <laughs> but that's honestly what's cool about movies for the most part is it's like, I feel like it's important to when it comes to your tastes, recognize when something isn't your type of movie, but don't shit on other people for liking it. It's like, I feel like that's the most easy thing ever. And Max Burke is the definition of that where it's like, Oh my God, I friggin hate the Shawshank Redemption, but it's like, I understand that you like it, but you can never catch me liking that movie. It's like respect, (laughs) respect Mm -hmm. that you are out there and you're saying it where it's like, I feel like a lot of people would, you know, shy away from saying such a fact. That's so obviously wrong because the Shawshank Redemption is really good. Oh, what? (laughs) 
Yeah. I'm just messing hey, with Hey, uh, on to spoiler, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, cool movie. Good movie. Cool movie. Pulp Fiction, the goat. <clears throat> no. Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> they... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Only animated movie flexes on this Well, podcast. man, I got the tattoo on my arm. I got to shout re- it out. You got to represent. Yeah, man. What animated movie do I get tattooed on me is the question. Honestly, I'm sitting there looking at you, and I was thinking about, do we get the 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 room? The A113? Uh, A yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I would totally get that. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Like I would get that. Easy. I loved your idea with the Spider-Man one. I know. I, I do want to get like a bunch of small stuff for sure about the the characters and the stuff that means a lot to me. Because sure. I don't I don't want to commit to anything super huge, but it's like a lot of the stuff that I like does have like a symbol or something that's like associated with it. So I, I have a lot of ideas for that too. Mm-hmm. But I would a hundred like literally no question, I would get a one one three tattooed. Totally. We got a plan on it for some time. Sure. All right. Well I think that's a good place to end it. All right. Uh, Coco next week. Coco I'm excited. Week. OLED. OLED. Coco. This is going to look crazy and I'm going to cry. Guaranteed. At least one tear is dropping from my eye during that movie. Mm. It's it's It scratches a specific itch for me that I can't wait to talk about in the next episode because it hits on one of the Nate Talon guaranteed cries. I, you know, I really, as much as I love it, again, and same with Inside Out, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to to go through it, man, for sure. All right. We got nothing but bangers left. We're coming to a, the close of season two, which is weird to say. Um, but, yeah, we got like five or six left. Hmm. Should be a fun ride. At least none of them will be Cars 3. You're not wrong. Uh, I don't feel like we say this enough, but, you know, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was a really, really fun episode, and I don't necessarily think, you know, at the start of the day uh, we were that looking forward oh, to absolutely not. Uh, hopping in to talk about this, but I got to say uh, I've had a blast. So um, thank you guys, and we're happy to keep pumping these things out for you. Go watch an animated movie. Yeah. Fucked up, Oscars.